The following program is a work of fiction and falsehood that is not meant to be interpreted as actual fact. The views expressed in this program are not necessarily those of the broadcaster or the management thereof. This program deals with morbid themes and grotesque humor. Listener discretion is advised. you're here. I'm media disruption developer Kai Hubris, and this is EurekaCast Now, where science meets technology meets you. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Sciences. Hey there, Rowan. Hello, and let the wisps of edutainment alight upon us all this evening. Very enlightening, Rowan, as always. But you know what? Today, I am feeling in a really good mood. Um, and do you want to know why, why Rowan? Absolutely, of course. Well, uh, the organization that I work for, New Media Labs at uh, at Tech Brothers, we have put out recently a very popular, very successful, and very heartwarming initiative um, that we call the hashtag Guy5 Safe, uh, Tower Safe Initiative, where we've gone all over different social medias and we've encouraged people to uh, show just how safe the Guy5 Towers that we've put in their various communities are. So w- without addressing the many, many questions I have about this, h- how exactly are our individuals demonstrating the safety of, of something that may or may not <clears throat> probably has uh, long-term uh, outcomes-based, negative outcomes-based you know, issues? So now, I, Rowan, I have to tell you, like these, we did not tell anybody to do really anything with these towers. We left it up to the imagination of the person taking the picture. All we asked was you do something that shows how, that you think could potentially be dangerous um, around these, these towers based on what some of the, you know, the controversy or, or some of the, the critique in from various other bodies are, are claiming and show that, in fact, it is 100% safe. So we have some pictures of people allowing their children to climb on these towers to know, to know uh, bad effects. We see people having dogs urinate on these towers, no, no, no you know, malicious effects or anything. So, so these are, this is with regards primarily to physical dangers in terms of falling from the towers or being electrocuted by the towers nothing that would actually address i think the crux of many of these concerns which is the 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 emissions coming forth from the the, the towers there is there any been anything in looking at that or any individuals perhaps well i mean say being pregnant next to the towers and standing next to the towers for for weeks to months we, on end we do have various uh, various pictures of uh, of people who i do do identify as pregnant in front of these towers we actually have a very interesting uh, inter- interesting experiment where somebody took pictures um every single day this week camping out right under one of our towers taking a picture every single day and showing that there are in, in fact only good effects they felt like they were closer to nature their internet was was faster and even though 
though it's technically it's faster any proc in any proximity to a tower in any neighborhood you know multiple blocks away um it, it's heartwarming to see people actually going through this initiative and one of my favorite reports though uh was we have reports of somebody uh driving their car into one of our towers and we actually have a video of this one and, and we, we see them uh getting into their car driving it directly into one of the those towers uh they of course were completely safe due to you know special safety features inside of the car but on, on outside of outside of uh, a damage to their car um which i think we can expect of course damage would be there to their car if they drive it into a tower there was absolutely no internal or external damage to one of our towers and outside of minor scuffs on the on the coated facade and what would be the affiliation of these individuals with tech brothers in terms of um employment or just one-time payments they're just happy they're just happy community members um who have agreed to have our towers inside of their communities to improve their internet and there's absolutely no affiliation outside of that no compensation whatsoever none once i mean well we replaced the car we were happy enough to give them to give the person that wrecked their car even though they did not inform us that this was happening, we gave them some money uh, uh, to replace their car out, out, out of the kindness of our hearts. But yes, kindness. Um. So, Rowan, did you have any uh, eureka moments th this week that you wanted to talk about in our science and technology uh, show? Ah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So, I want to talk about some new exciting developments coming out of uh, New York University at Crawford. Mm -hmm. uh, astronomers there have done a groundbreaking meta-analysis of exoplanet data. Um, exoplanets being, of course, uh, planets not in our solar system, right. but elsewhere in the Which universe. There are, there are many. Uh, millions and millions that have been identified mm -hmm. as of now. And of those millions and millions, they have found 24 planets that are not just amenable to life as we know it, but in fact, more amenable to life than our own planet. That that is fascinating. That is that is very interesting. We, I mean, we think of people as evolving on our planet because it's we we evolve in ways that that you know make it accessible for us to live here. Understanding that there are planets outside of our solar system, you're saying that are better for humans? Uh, well, uh, for humans, or really the, the creation of um, both humans in one way, but mostly in the sense of the, the quality of life on these planets um, and the ability to create life on these planets is hmm. superior to our own. Um, so there's a number of features uh, that, that, that these planets and ours share, um, these super habitable planets, as they're known, uh, such as liquid water, oxygenated atmospheres and sort of the mild temperatures that are required for life mm -hmm. to form and evolve as we know it. Things we have on Earth, uh, for example. Exactly, exactly. But um, there are other features that make these planets more amenable to life, more habitable. Um, one of these, for example, is um, uh, be orbiting a different class of star. Mm. Um, we on Earth orbit a dwarf G star. That's the classification. Right. Um, but these researchers have come to the conclusion that an elf K star is actually more hospitable to life. And this is due to the fact that these stars have a slightly dimmer output of light, um, much like the sun, perhaps, as it was 70 to 80 years ago. Um, but also because these, these class of stars are slightly dimmer, they have a mm -hmm. greater long uh, lifespan, sure. which gives more time for life to develop on these planets, uh, just in terms of uh, life coming forth before the, the 
star is no longer in a habitable place or exuding habitable temperatures. Hmm. That, I mean, that's that's fascinating considering that there there is st still currently is no recorded life on these planets, but despite them being considered more, uh, their stars being considered more likely to produce life? Well, it's, um, you know, with these planets, they're so far away. Uh, the, the closest of one of these super habitable planets being uh, 32 light years away, mm. that the actual ability for us to uh, in, in find life is greatly diminished as opposed to uh, inferring the qualities of that planet to harbor life and to to nurture life mm -hmm. um, another thing that these planets have that is arguably superior to earth sure. um, is that these a lot of these planets are larger and with a larger planet you have a higher gravity and that results in a thicker atmosphere mm -hmm. um, and a thicker atmosphere helps maintain uh both more oxygen life-giving gases in the atmosphere right. but also a greater deal of climactic stability um some of these planets in fact have a mean temperature of uh, about an even 21 degrees celsius or 75 degrees or 70 degrees fahrenheit for the layman um which is of course room temperature um so very sure. comfortable planets hypothetically over the entire over the entire planet somehow simultaneously absolutely absolutely hmm. um it's it it, it seems quite quite nice um when you think about it as opposed to you know being in chicago it goes from from very hot to very cold these planets a nice mean room temperature although sure. i suppose on these planets one might argue that it's just planet temperature sure. atmospheric uh, or or yeah, yeah at sea level temperatures perhaps another uh thing that su these super habitable planets have that earth does not have quite as many of mm -hmm. is uh geothermal pools ab abundant geothermal pools and there's a lot of conjecture here. Um, uh, first and foremost, uh, geothermal pools are where it is believed life first arose, singular right. cellular life. So that's, once again, one factor that would argue for greater uh, creation of life, a more nurturing environment for life. Mm -hmm. But also, as a human, you can imagine that these geothermal pools would uh, create uh, an excellent opportunity for clean energy production mm -hmm. and wide-scale development of saunas and if you imagine one of these space colonists flying however long they reach one of these planets the idea of stepping out and having a nice schwitz sure or or, or dipping your feet in a nice geothermal right. pool it's 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 entrancing per i can only imagine the, these early colonists would would love that yeah perhaps after hundreds of years and maybe uh it may be some sort of time uh, time stasis or, or body stasis um stepping out of one of, of a of a you know a stasis pod into a nice refreshing dip into a, a geothermal pool i would call that super habitable absolutely yeah, definitely um there are some of these planets there's a um uh, some evidence developing too of these okay. sort of rivers and river systems and streams of mm -hmm. a of a uh, very very velvety and sweet abiogenic dark chocolate um that that would just cover the planet um which dark is, chocolate um 71 percent cacao is what there is what they are they're they're saying and these are somehow being there's no like plant life which like would be producing these cacao beans per se this is just naturally occurring naturally occurring absolutely Fascinating. Um, no milk to to put in it well it you know the uh, it, we don't have anyone on these planets to confirm one way or another mm -hmm. But once again, very, very super habitable. And, sure. and finally, and I think this might be the most compelling to some of our listeners out there, 
that a lot of these super habitable planets have uh, natural craters from earlier in their formation sure. before there was an atmosphere. Right, many planets that and, we find do. And and these craters in particular are about the same dimensions as a regulation American football stadium. And these researchers conjecture that these would be the perfect place, considering all other factors, for the New York Jets to hold an off-season practice. That's how you know this is from upstate New York, of sure. course. I mean, you know, this was a sh- if this was out of University of Chicago, it would be the Bears. But the point right. stands. These, these, these planets offer so many more features as opposed to ours that— it, it it seems like it would be a lovely vacation to be able to just step off onto one of these planets right. and, I, and enjoy it. I mean, if I could choose a planet to be on, it certainly sounds like one of these planets over over the Earth that we all know and where we believe we're born here and adjusted to. Yeah, um, and it, it you know it go. I think it helps to maybe to reevaluate the notion of terraforming. Yeah. In the sense of going out and making more planets like Earth. Sure. When in fact, why... The Tech Brothers has investigated Mars and perhaps Venus for various terraforming uh, ventures. But is making a planet more like Earth, is that, does that not... It seems to me like a failure of imagination. If you're at the point where you can create... Turn one planet to, to approximate another, why not approximate a planet more hospitable than Earth? One of these super habitable planets. I just think it, it's... A, a paradigm shift that that I think would could open if only as a thought experiment sure. open things up. I mean, we see it's we see it's possible and doable on another planet. Why 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 do we? I I totally agree, uh, Rowan. We we need to really think outside of the box and and do the most with the information that we have. Why settle for less? Frankly, <laughs> certainly. Um. So some of the the planets that have been identified of these twenty four, there's um two CAS zero four two nine seven five, known as Eden. Sure, uh, that's their designation. Um, XDAL one six one one zero eight Valhalla, mm-hmm. um, and FDIS nine nine two nine nine zero Olive Garden. Um, that is the other one, uh, presumably for its natural formations of uh, breadsticks or approximations thereof of breadsticks. Sure. Um, possibly endless, depending on the geological well, uh, if they're phenomenon. Natu- if they're naturally occurring, we'd expect them to be. Absolutely. That, that is fascinating. Ro- Rowan, thank you, thank you for that. I think it gives us a lot of hope about what we might be able to see about science in general, why we do science, why we look at the stars. We look at the stars to discover not only grand and, and, and awesome things, but also some pretty classically awesome things in themselves too, maybe something to look forward to or, or aim for in the future of civilization. At the very least, it'll make wonderful fodder for um, science fiction novels for many generations oh, to come. Some great web series as well. Um, well, with that out of the way, uh, I would bring you. Uh, I, I I'll tend to bring some some very uh, eureka moments, uh, which you know demonstrates the things that I have found while doing my typical my typical new media job uh, as a as a as a, uh, a, a, a working for Tech Brothers. Um, but unfortunately, right now, what what I think is more important is that I address uh, the controversy. We're, no eureka moment from you this week. Uh, w- well. It's what I have to say is important and perhaps uh, miraculous, but I would not call it sort of a eureka moment. It's been a long time in, in coming, and what's more important is that I address uh, a cer- certain controversies in the place of tech in the public security and justice systems. Well, I, I, while I am not a huge fan of allowing this program to become a sort of 
um, public relations salvaging operation for mm-hmm. Tech Brothers. Uh, Neither you do, do have, I. You do have the floor, so please, by by all means, what what uh, what what controversy? I'm I'm not right. very well connected with with uh, new media as you are, so I'm sure. I'm frankly I'm I, I'm completely unaware of to what you're referring to well, with this. Yeah, in in new media, there are certain controversies that are that are brewing up over certain tech brothers and a variety of other media or, or, or technology outfits um, and what they're doing. Um, and really, I don't want to get into the controversy. I don't want to politicize the controversy because science uh, here at Tech Brothers, we think it's apolitical. Um, we want to promote the science, and that's why I'm addressing the controversy by bringing up the very important science associated with it. Well, uh, there's a lot of, I, I would have to agree with the Tech Brothers position that science and technology in and of itself is is never political. Mm-hmm. It's merely how people read into it and sort of the application of that that becomes political. And right. uh, rightly or wrongly, often most of the time wrongly, um, just in terms of it, it, data, data does not have to be, is not political in and of itself. Right. It's not, and what we focus on is data and 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 actual in developments that are occurring that that are uh, devoid of the political machine. But what you're saying is is that the Tech Brothers has um, it, it landed itself into some sort of uh, political situation. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a controversy uh, black backlash that's primarily been directed at Tech Brothers Crime Labs, which was renamed Law Labs, which was then renamed Justice Labs, and then finally renamed Sec Labs. Um, there has been uh, criticism that uh, this organization, this laboratory, as well as Tech Brothers as a whole, um, is somehow committing unethical, unjust, harmful, and in some critiques, uh, evil technologies for the aid of, of law enforcement. Well, that's a fair, I mean, I, I, without getting into specifics, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, there is a lot of um, friction when new technology enters into the realm of policing because right. while science and tech itself is not political, policing absolutely is. Right. Uh, yes, yes, certainly, which is why Tech Brothers uh, helps and assists multiple government organizations. Our goal is to really create the best technology. So when we got these reports of people criticizing uh, specifically uh, facial recognition software in law enforcement, uh, how it may lead to systematic stereotyping and uh, profiling of various groups, um, we decided to step in and do some research to see if we can in fact, make a better technology from this criticism in a totally sort of apolitical way. We want to make the best technology. Uh, re- removing the human element as much as possible to, exactly. to uh, uh, of sidestep the issue yes. of that. Okay. Technology tools are tools, and they could be used in a variety of ways. We want to make the best tools. So, so what, what is the tool in this, in this scenario if it's not if, with, with, if it's facial recognition? Right. Well, yes. Now, facial recognition, we've looked into it. Um, and in, in fact, racial net rec- facial recognition, the uh, idea that you can look at somebody's face via pictures and be able to uh, take that and find somebody from a picture of their face or do data that would be able to uh, identify somebody's face and match it to a, a specific person in maybe a, a database or something. We've done some research on facial recognition, te- uh, recognition technologies, and we found that, well, you know, some of the criticism is right. Facial recognition is an imperfect is an imperfect uh, technology, and in fact, there are hard limits to the effectiveness of facial recognition um, on humans and various other mammalia subjects. Like even in the human mind, it's very difficult. It's impossible to to one hundred with one hundred percent reliability 
uh, match somebody's face to a specific person. It, it's just impossible. So the goal is finding a solution that is outside of facial recognition that could hopefully do a very similar thing. And, and, and to that point, too, with the, um, the well-known existence of uh, doppelgangers and, um, and, and uh, the occasional pod person as well, that, those are not the terms we necessarily use in the spirit sciences, but they are well-known. So <laughs> even sure. with, with, with regards to that, that's just another confusing factor with facial recognition. Sure. Um, the one thing that we've been able to reliably uh, use, though, is, of course— DNA uh, matching analysis, which is what we wanted to, we wanted to take the benefits of facial recognition software and take the benefits of DNA analysis and try to combine them to make sort of one perfect tool. Um, the solution is a combination of hardware, software, and databases um, that procedurally take, check, and deduce information about a person's body from, say, cameras or various sensors and are able to generate a perfect match of their genetic of their genome which we are able to one match to maybe somebody that might be in a dna database somewhere if in fact they exist in one or in other cases we may be able to from that genome deduce and infer what they do maybe where they live where they go what activities they take part in um to find them um and apprehend them and this is a law enforcement tool that is one that we found 100 percent effective so um now correct me if i'm wrong here but one of the main sort of complaints that individuals have with facial uh recognition technology is the the um the breach of privacy in the sense of of not being able to walk and be out in public mm -hmm. without having some sort of uh, information on where you've been going or where you've come from um, this seems like it would only exacerbate that issue. Well, let me talk a little bit about how this works, and maybe that'll clear some things up. Um, this technology is a is a combination. It's, Tech Brothers invested a lot in it, but it's a lot of different organizations. Um, the Chicago Body Project acquired uh, a certain database uh, from Prairie, Prairie City Dynamics uh, Pattern Intervention and Retrieval Procedure, or PERP, which was able to accurately, which is a, a database, a very accurate a collection of two million specific genes and what they do and how they're expressed. And uh, from that, we were able to uh, calculate 500,000 different, binom uh, 500, different binom uh, biological genome factors that we were able to 100% to uh, effectiveness uh, match and, and infer from, from somebody's body. So we first have this database here. A very reliable database. Then we've interacted with TNK Sec Consultancy Company, um, which is uh, which was able to help us and consult on us on a specific algorithm that was able to look at a person's body and sequentially keep looking at different parts of it and go back to different parts of it and, and effectively deduce a person of interest's exact genome, their exact genetic material. Okay, as 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 groundbreaking as that does sound. That has you have not answered my question, which is: Is, is do you not see this as more of a uh, to the individuals who are concerned about their privacy? Well, there is one one more part that I haven't mentioned, okay. and that is the and that is the help of uh, of uh, the, a Peruvian based um, ex, uh, a Peruvian based uh, the well the Portland Maine branch of a Peruvian based of the Peruvian based Exposure Prosthetics and Robotics Company, which has then provided our hardware. Now this hardware is crucial because the hardware 
is uh, very cameras and sensors that will be placed at, at specific locations. And what it will be doing is we'll be looking for elements of possibly criminal or, or law-breaking activity. It will then take note of the people involved. I, that's that facial recognition part of it. And then it will do analysis on that, pa and that person's, uh, not only their face, but their bodies, their, their various features, using the, uh, the algorithms that were developed by TNK Sec Consultancy Company. Um, and, I mean, w what's wonderful is that with only 7% of a person's, uh, with, with only, uh, after only three seconds, of, of analysis of a person um, with only 7% of that person's uh, genome mapping feature density uh, visible to the cameras and or sensors, we've been able to reliably uh, collect a 99.9% .9 accurate uh, genome map of just that specific person, which we can then use to apprehend them either by m mapping it or matching it with a database or going after that person with what we've learned from the information from that genome itself. So it's not only reliable, and it's it divorces uh, it divorces this tool from profiling and, uh, and and stereotyping because it's purely purely genetic, um, but it's also very convenient to apprehend somebody who has already left and, and gone somewhere else due to the the research that we've done on the genome. So not only does this combine the sort of the ubiquity and the uh, the the the, the privacy breaching aspects of facial recognition this is now taking that and determining a genome and putting that elsewhere with which that can then be tracked well, is that my understanding i yeah now you're saying privacy breaking as if you know if i look at my genome personally and i i consider myself very observant if i look at my genome and i look at somebody else's genome just but just by glancing at it i can't tell which genome which genome is mine if i look at my face and somebody else's face i certainly can but the 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 the, uh, the, uh, the implication that there is a privacy breaking in, in this, uh, or there's a possible profiling in any of this, is 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 you know, blatantly unfair. So I understand the controversy. I understand why people would be upset. Um, I, I can very well yes, understand. That. I understand how they would be upset by facial recognition as well, which is why we came up with this excellent tool, which effectively solves the problem. So how are you now addressing the controversy? I'm addressing the controversy by letting people know that this is the tool that that law enforcement will be using from from here on out. We we have removed the controversy. So it's so to clarify. You're saying this is not controversial because it's not facial recognition. It's I mean facial recognition is controversial. Right. So as many of these groups have have claimed, but, but we looked into that, uh -huh. and because we are an organization. That, that tries to honestly make the most ethical tools by making the best tools, we've made a better tool which eliminates the controversial part of it. I, I don't think it does. I think this is only exacerbating because now, now it's not just the facial recognition, it's the genetic sequence. Which, is, which I think we can fully understand. There's no profiling with a genetic sequence. Everybody has a different genetic sequence very slightly, and even though what we're doing is we are inferring what their genetic sequence is. Now, very very quickly, because we are running a little low on time. Sure. Um, generally speaking, pr profiling is through um, externally noticeable features, right. such as race or gender, mm -hmm. right? And those themselves do have a basis in genetic sequences. Right. And so— And this... we do use 
some of that information to make our distinction because of that very reason. So what I'm understanding from this is that this is facial recognition into genetics. This is just this well, is just facial pro- recognition. This is just profiling with extra steps. Facial recognition it is profiling because it's inexact because we 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 are going there's a very there's a very high likelihood that this could exacerbate to other people and groups at large we are removing all groups they're every single person you can think of every single person on this planet as their own separate thing whether that's race whether that's uh, a group whatever they're their own separate thing and if they break the law we've given the law enforcement the tools to find that specific group and profile against that group, which is that single person, which solves the problem. There's no more basing people off of off of you know, a higher groups than that. I I we are out of time, but um, I I feel as though you are going to continue receiving backlash based on this description. Well, it would be I, there would be no basis to that backlash. Um, I think it's time for the mid show meditation. Certainly. Uh, would you like to participate, Kai? I always like to participate. Rowan? Well, <clears throat> close your eyes, clear your mind, and imagine. The dark gray sky churns overhead as you walk a barefoot across the cracked pavement. The city is deserted, as it has been for years. At first you felt lonely, but now the vast emptiness brings you a measure of comfort. How long has it been, you think to yourself? How long since I last saw her? You struggle to remember, the time slipping out of your mind's grasp like a handful of wet eels. Finally, it comes to you. A decade and a half. Fifteen years. You give a sly smile and pick up the pace. Good riddance, you say to no one. The words echoing off the rubble around you. And we are back. We're back. Welcome back, Rowan. Welcome back, Kai. That was, I have to say, that was probably one of the most relaxing, uh, relax, relaxing times that I've had over the course of a, uh, a mid, a mid show meditation. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yes. Um. Uh, what What was so relaxing about it this time around? If you don't mind me asking. Well, well of course. Now, I. Along with the show, I always have maybe two or three other terminals open in order to read uh, bits of data, change code while we are broadcasting the show just because it's sort of demanding, especially now in my job, to ensure that the new media algorithms are, in fact, operating in a manner that will make sure that they're collecting the data that they need to. Well, at risk of sounding confrontational uh, that doesn't sound very much in line with the concept of a mid-show meditation at all i'm clearly clearly rowan you've never been in front of a of a giant uh, a giant two by two meter screen where there's just numbers rolling down at uh at, a, at roughly two meters per second it's truly one of the most relaxing a person can be and i think there have been psychological tests to determine the, the validity of that I I am not aware of those studies, but I'd love to see him. I it's really an, would. Rowan, you'd love this. This is an OLED. This is an OLED display. I, I'm here. This there's there's organic matter right in the screen. Well, in that case, you definitely have me sold. I absolutely love organics. 
Um, but, but you you have a you have a special feature for us today, Rowan. Yes, I do. I, we were talking last week about masks, mm-hmm. and uh, we sort of had a, a a discussion in terms of the materials that the masks were made of, right? And the health properties therein of those materials, and it really got me to thinking. Um, there's so little understanding of many of these mystery fibers that go in our clothes, our furniture, and of course our masks. Mm. And I don't think that's entirely true, Rowan. Well, 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 hear me out. The, these these fibers um that that are these synthetics that are made of petrochemicals sure. um and and petroleum it's it's horrible for the environment. Mm-hmm. It's not organic and there is a body of evidence that show there are questionable health outcomes for those that that are in constant exposure with this you only need to go to one of these um these factory towns elsewhere in the mm-hmm. world where next, the evidence is held wh- where there are individuals who are in close comp- proximity sure. to these plastics manufacturing plants and they all have high instances of bad outcomes mm-hmm. uh, so and, it, and you're claiming you're claiming that the plastics th- that are being generated are, are being placed in inside of uh various masks that are being used now I'm saying that that there are um, there is a, a bit uh, there should be a fair degree of skepticism as to how safe these textiles are, especially when they're in such close proximity to your your mouth and your nose where sure. you're breathing through. Um, There's no disagreement with that with that with me. Absolutely. So uh, I actually I took some of these ideas back um, to some of my my colleagues over at the Simon Amy Institute, mm-hmm. and we sat down and over this last week we've been we've been working through some alternatives for use in specifically face masks, but also wider textile applications hmm. um, that, that are not synthetic fibers. Um, but let's focus in on the mask portion right now. Okay. Because that's where we've spent the bulk of our time and energy looking through things. Um, sure. So to, to go through the, the process a now, little now, bit. Now, Rowan, did you, did you have a change in heart about the importance of... of... Of sort of any masks uh, uh, during this time. Well, I do. I will make it clear that I have never specifically stated that I have an issue with masks or mask wearing as a means of uh, disease reduction, disease spread reduction, because um, that's un- unscientific. It is not backed up by science. There is some evidence that shows that masks are effective in preventing the spread of mallow 21 as well as other airborne diseases. Mm-hmm. My only point was, is that it maybe should not be the first thing individuals rely on when there are things such as um, herbal nose plugs or essential oils uh, that can be placed above on the upper lip and around the mouth. Um, I'm, I'm just saying that there are other there are alternatives out there that that maybe have less documented effectiveness, but anecdotally and and uh, from uh, results from outcomes shows mm. promise. So and and you're saying that these you're you're putting these against uh, Tech Brothers masks, which we talked about last week, about the importance of specifically Tech Brothers masks, which have sort of anti-disease uh, functionalities to the masks, besides just. Uh, sort, of, sort of a protective layer between you and an airborne sickness. Um, you're putting these, uh, you're comparing these and putting these against uh, 
oil nose plugs? Um, uh, essential oil, lip balms, mm. um, herbal nose plugs, but that's not th- th- those are not what we are here to discuss. And and what we're here to discuss is is that the fact that um, many of these masks that Tech Brothers included, the materials that they are made from uh, m- are made from petrochemicals. So we were looking for alternatives to petrochemicals. And the first thing that that me and my my, my peers and I were discussing was. Um, hemp was the first thing that came to mind mm, because yeah, hemp does so sure, much. Yeah. It does so much. It's such a um, a universal fabric. But ultimately, working with um, the loom we have at the facility and the numerous mm. uh, prof- uh, textile researchers that I mean, we, how did we have. you even? How, yeah, how could you even reserve the loom for even an hour at the Spirit Sciences Institute? Well, what we found was is that um, it has great inertness and in intrinsic healing properties um the thread count it was hard to find a good thread count that both had proper filtration mm. and allowed uh people to not experience asphyxiation so we that, said this that is an issue that we found as well yeah. we set that aside the next one we investigated was um leaves uh, certain varieties of leaves both leaves leaves correct um from a plant uh both dried and fresh we had some very promising results with Brugmansia, um, mm. but ultimately there was a durability issue and the um, psychotropic effects were just too much to overcome, constantly breathing Brugmansia fumes. But ultimately, what we did settle on, um, and, and we believe this to be actually a breakthrough, um, is uh, the perfect material for, for masks, mm. um, but also clothing, perhaps, as a whole. Um, all A wide swath of the textile market. It was durable. It was breathable, it was all natural, and it was capable of extremely rigorous sterilization, uh, far more rigorous sterilization than and people are accustomed to with their clothes. Of course, what, yes. what, what we settled on, of course, was, Many materials. was fiberglass. Fiberglass? Spun glass, yes. Now, Rowan, uh, now, unfortunately... Uh, although there are many people at Tech Brothers that probably material scientists uh, who who possibly have more information or have more uh, uh, knowledge or expertise in in fiberglass as a material, uh, I have never I've never heard of the this specific material with all these properties that you seem to claim that it does. Can you please describe sort of wh- what you think fiberglass is? Well, it's it's very simple. It is it is glass. So it is a silicon, silicate-based material. The okay. silicate is heated until it turns into a liquid, and then it is spun into sure. uh, fibers, which then can be woven into textiles of all sorts. Um, and it, it's, it, 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 it's. I know that that is that is something uh, uh, that is maybe not immediately obvious, but this is there is historical precedent for this. Um, back in the early. Um, the early 1900s, there was a craze for fiberglass um, clothing, um, and it just really? it just fell to the wayside. Um, and and do you, do you know why? Uh, it, it just it turns out that um, uh, it, it was more useful for insulation in a lot of people's minds. Um, sure. And presumably, the technology back then for the creation of fiberglass was not nearly as efficient, nor the machining of fiberglass um, and the sort of the, the not just the machining of fiberglass into sh- sheets of fabric, but also sure. the sheets of fabric then being machined into wearable pieces of clothing and masks and what have you. No, sure. Now I, I do know that there are certain there are certain materials that need to be used uh, as compared to other materials. 
for 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 example a variety of reasons both comfort and also security and various other properties that need to be infused into the material and at a certain point you need to choose a material that has a combination of a variety of factors that you're looking for yes now which of any of these these properties does fiberglass have well, it's actually. I'm glad you asked. There's a, a number of qualities that are that are really quite promising with regards to this material. Yeah, I mean the first the first one though. I I I know that I can't imagine, and I think this is at least. Although I'm no expert in the manufacturing and use of fiberglass, I I've made that perfectly clear. I can't imagine that fiberglass is comfortable. Well, well, that is something we are working on, um, and I was going to touch on that a little bit later. The, the 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 designs for the masks are not yet complete. Uh, we're still working on the the comfort issue is one that that we have noticed. Uh, it is a little scratchy. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a bit of an unpleasant friction, but we've had some wonderful luck uh, with a small dusting of diatomaceous earth around the mouth and the cheeks and the chin to sort of uh, provide a a buffer between the mask and the uh, the the. Um, the the face and the breathing apparatuses when you, of the when, body. when you say diatomaceous earth what what do you mean by that diatomaceous earth is an all natural um uh, it's sort of a very fine sand that's mm. created from the shells of um, microscopic algae, uh, plankton in the ocean, and the, it settles to the bottom of the ocean, and then that can be retrieved and dried out and used for a number of purposes, um, including, in our instance, dusting of masks. And what you're, what you're saying is this this is comfortable? This is a comfortable me buffer between the mask and the wearer yes it's more comfortable it's but, more... but 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 comfort the comfort is is an issue that can be uh, engineered through design hmm. um but when you're using the textile itself of fiberglass it has a number of properties which are exceptional um to the specific contest of mask mask both mask production mm-hmm. and wider cloth production um, okay. So, and this now this is a secondary. This is a secondary uh, issue. F- fiberglass. I, I can't imagine that the, the the properties are sort of at all even comparable to cotton in in protecting against airborne diseases. Well, that that is where you are wrong, actually, because um, the first thing I want to touch on about fiberglass, which makes it superior to a lot of these other conventional fibers, conventional textiles, Mm. is that it is capable of being cleaned and sterilized much more thoroughly than any other fabric that is readily available out there. So you're calling this a fabric? Uh, It is absolutely a fabric. Absolutely. Mm. Um, So uh, unlike, uh, uh, unlike, for example, um, cotton, uh, you can actually do a caustic rinse on one of these masks. Um, You can submerge it in boiling oil. You can centrifuge it. Um, And I think the most exciting part of of having fiberglass as a material for masks is it can be fully autoclaved. I don't think there's any other mask, regardless of material out there, that can claim that, that it can claim to be autoclaved. I do believe Tech Brothers has gone through great efforts to ensure that our masks cannot under any circumstance be autoclaved so i i suppose you have you have us right there or or caustic washes i'd, I'd be willing to bet i mean prob- probably probably not can you even submerge uh, now ba- now based now, on my Rowan, understanding can, can the electronics survive something as simple as a as a as a boil submersion in boiling oil for a dis- disinfectant rinse but 
situation? I do not believe in even many of the lab equipment uh, procedures we enforce the submergence in boiling oil why does it need why does it why is oil the preferable uh liquid to submerge something in for gets sanitation mu- gets much hotter now sure rowan well so i'm sorry i okay. i we're, we're running a little low on time i want to touch Are on a few we? other things i want to touch on a few other advantages to to fiberglass i would love to hear to, them i have not heard opposed, any of them i think well the next one you did hear one the next one is um uh more of a um issue that i think you will have um with your your masks the tech brothers masks as sure. distributed. which i'm wearing now and yet my voice sounds crisp and clear well well there is um unlike those masks with mystery fibers and mm-hmm. um even with other their organic advanced, fibers their there's no there's no risk of adverse health effects from additives going back to the the the, the Rowan, what do you mean by that well petrochemicals um petrochemical based textiles require a great deal of um they need to be doped with uh plasticizers and elasticity enhancers um and those slowly volatilize off into the atmosphere as um the mask encounters things such as uv light or just over time and then you are subsequently inhaling that in which is causing once again there's no um, empirical evidence but there is compelling outcome-based evidence for the uh, adverse health effects of encountering these additives breathing these additives in of these properties that you have done no tests on another one for example is that um, even cloth masks are treated with bleach or or dyes or what have you that can either linger and get on your mouth to be absorbed into it um, or just once again volatilize mm. off. The fiberglass has none of these things. Um, there's no additives. There's no uh, doping. And we actually pride ourselves in the designs we've been working on. It is completely clear. No dyes. Um, another advantage as opposed to the, the Tech Brothers mask, which is you can actually see people can see your beautiful luscious lips and, and teeth with our clear fiberglass masks. Um, now, the only thing you'll be breathing through these fiberglass masks is clean, disease-free air. Now, now, Rowan, I, at the beginning of this of this report that you gave us, you criticized the manufacturing of of things such as plastics and and various inorganic materials, uh, and how those are those are toxic. Now, although I do disagree with you in many of the claims that you made, I must say that the the one of the few things that I do know of of fiberglass is that it is made of plastic oh it's made of glass it's not made of plastic there now there are but there are similarities to the processes with how fiberglass is made not as not as much as you're implying because unlike unlike uh, plastics fiberglass requires no um it's not a byproduct of oil production there's no petrochemicals Mm -hmm. directly involved in the formation of the material additionally as compared as comparison as no basis in in organic matter yes as as com- opposed to things such as cotton um it, it doesn't require vast expanses of farmland uh, nor does it require animal cruelty like leather or silk it's just sand love and a blast furnace and and there it is that's all that goes into fiberglass fascinating now now rowan i do i do have to ask you you did criticize many many different materials in in this in this in this report, mm-hmm. Rowan, do you wear clothes, and what are those clothes made of? Well, I, of I am I am forced to wear clothes in in the um, 
the the outside. I would be a full time nudist if uh, public obscenity laws sure. were more open minded to the idea. And this is purely because you believe that that any of the materials that are used to commonly make clothes are in fact inherently toxic and leak into your skin. I wear fully undyed hemp roughly put together by mm-hmm. hand using hemp twine mm-hmm. I, all of my clothes are hemp or burlap sometimes okay. i'll spring for the burlap if i'm going out on a, to a nice event going out for say a fancy vegan dinner at my my local vegan restaurant and now this is my this is my second question have there been any you said you have not in fact created any prototypes of of these fiberglass masks we have created prototypes we are merely working out the comfort issue as we talked about earlier now so i i would expect that you have any tests as to the actual the the fact that fiberglass as a mask actually prevents any uh any disease from from going through what i expect to be very thick fibers uh, uh in in weaving these masks we have done some preliminary tests um, with sick orphans and not sick orphans and putting them in close proximity to one another with the masks and the disease transmission has been very low additionally um, orphans here here's here's one thing to consider Um, the particles of smoke and incense Mm. are much smaller than those of a virus that's well known. These are these are these are chemi- the, the individual chemicals is, that is provide that, well known? that provide incense its smell are much smaller than viruses. Just they're 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 simple polycyclic compounds that are in that are in incense that give it a smell. And what we've been doing is is you put one of these masks on okay. and you light some incense in the room and you can't smell it and to us that that leads us to believe that there is some effectiveness there um that there's a highly high effectiveness there okay and so this is this is the the last question that i have before before i bring up tech brothers masks one more time which my last question is there so what you're claiming now is that there are no adverse there now there are a number of side effects that one i would expect one might get from wearing a fiberglass mask for the course of of several hours. One would be without the buffer, and that would be sort of a what I expect to be a scraping against the face, which would inevitably lead to rashes and or the the removal of skin around the mouth area. And number two is with the buffer. I am expecting what what tests have you done to ensure that the the material that you're using this this what, what kind of earth was it Di- diatomaceous yeah earth. diatomaceous earth that this now i can't imagine that that there's that you actually think that there that this would be one comfortable and two entirely non-toxic now have, have you actually done any tests to determine whether somebody whether that is an appropriate thing to put in somebody's mouth well we um diatomaceous earth has a number of other uses um one of which is pest control and um there have been numerous incidences due to my lifestyle and the the uh, people that i have in my life mm-hmm. where there have been bed bugs issues in both my apartment and the simon amy institute of spirit science mm-hmm. um and in those instances we have had great success using diatomaceous earth to treat these bed bugs and i have worked with diatomaceous earth around me and in the air i have slept with diatomaceous earth around me and in the air 
and I have had loved ones covered in diatomaceous earth due to the bed bugs. And I can assure you that they have never, ever experienced any adverse effects, adverse outcomes. None whatsoever. None that I'm aware of. Sure. Okay. Now, now the last, although I completely I'm, I'm, disagree I'm, I'm, with... I'm afraid we're going to no, have to go on to, to our citizen science. We're running a little low on time. No, Rowan, I need to... I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I need to say we that are extremely the reason that we time. talked about the masks last week yes. were because uh, these Tech Brothers masks are in, in not just face coverings. Yes. But because I, I must say this because it is so important to public health. The Tech Brothers masks are designed... So today's citizen science comes from... Uh, um, uh, it's actually a civic science from uh, Deanna Warren. I'm sorry, we we just we have to get to it. I'm 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 sorry. I well, don't believe you. So, um, <clears throat> this is actually on on point. Maybe you can editorialize a little bit um, during this. This is it's called civic science because this is um, bought from a co- person running for the U.S. Congress. Actually, uh, mm. Deanna Warren um, quote. I find it very interesting how the show Masked Singer hit America in January 2019, a little bit over a year before they started forcing us all into masks. It's almost like they were beginning to condition the public that masks were normal and cool. The media is demonic. Now, we may disagree about masks and the materials that they should be made of. Listeners should wear Tech Brothers masks. No, first and foremost, that is a call to action. And second second of all, um, they they should be using proper fabric, no mystery fibers. Consider fiberglass. There's nothing mysterious about it. There's nothing mysterious about it. There's nothing mysterious. As to the citizen science, I... Do believe there is an interesting correlation between hit show mask singer and the proliferation of mask wearing? I don't uh, ascribe it to uh, demonic energies, though. There are very, very specific guidelines with, that we use in the spirit sciences to ascertain the the what a demon is sure. and what is demonic versus what is not demonic. Well, I would say that yeah, Tech Brothers has been considered. Uh, demonic by a number of sources, a number of a variety of sources, with no grounding to the claim, and I would I would agree with the the criticism of of the media as a whole being demonic. It it just doesn't seem to make that much no. Sense. Based on based on modern tomatological principles, um, th- in this instance, if there is some sort of um, foreknowledge on the part of the media about this. It would be diabolic or, or perhaps impish, but demonic implies a certain, it implies something else. It's, it's, this person is clearly, um, despite their, their very astute reasoning and their, their, mm-hmm. their very keen understanding of correlations, obviously their understanding of demonology is quite immature because this is not, it is not full-blown demonic. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunate, unfortunately, elected officials they tend not to be scientists, and they also tend not to be experts in in the occult. Unfortunately, I would love to see a fully open occultist president one day. I think that that would bring a great deal of insight to to the the executive branch. Now, to close every single show, we always I always close with a quote by a notable scientist or uh, or industrialist um, who has who has made uh, strides in eureka behavior and inventions and things like that and today i'm going to read a a quote by uh it's not quite a quote actually it's more of a story that i found really compelling about the nature of science in 
in, for example, the media and or uh, to the layman, to, to citizens in general. And I thought it was, it, was very, it was very emotional and very telling, so I wanted to read it. And this is by uh, Dr. Finnegan Hawthorne, who is a mathematical topologist for the University of Gregory, New Zealand. And the story goes like this. I once saw a girl playing in the park. She noticed my white lab coat, uh, which I wear even outside of my time at work out of pride, and asked me if I was a doctor. I said not exactly, and she told me that this was a relief because she didn't like doctors, as they caused her discomfort and pain. I told her that although I am not a doctor and do not work with the bodies of children like hers presumably did, I understand their plight. She looked at me inquisitively and asked me what I meant. I explained that in the process of learning more about the world from a fundamental level, I have caused a great deal of harm to many people. I have caused them to question themselves. I have angered and frustrated them. I believe that I have even gotten some of them hurt in many unfortunate ways, some in very real and physical ways. But that is the nature of learning. I am a scientist, and science involves sacrifice, and I myself have sacrificed much more than I care to admit to in, in the name of my research. I am sure that if you have taken time to consider what your doctor has done, to and for you, you can yourself determine the reasons for your actions, and you can yourself become a scientist. More so, I can promise without the shadow of a doubt that the sacrifices your doctor has had to make in their own life towards their crucial research has greatly exceeded your own. I later found out that this girl grew up to become a doctor herself, a weapons engineer for the Coast Guard. I suppose I guessed I was right when I pegged her as a dolphin girl. That is that is something to reflect upon, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I know for a fact um, my doctors have had to sacrifice a great deal of, um, of of animals in order to treat me at times. I am certain. I'm certain every doctor has had to sacrifice some sort of animal in the course of their research. Certainly, I certainly have. I'd... Eureka Cast now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are rebroadcast every Saturday evening. 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WLPN LP 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow our Twitter at EurekaCast now for quotes and various updates on uh, the state of science and technology and the medias and new medias. Uh, Rowan, I believe we have some other uh, media to talk about? Uh, yes. Um, we have a, uh, a Facebook where, once again, you can follow us for uh, updates on upcoming shows as well as occasionally other content that's on um, facebook.com slash a w c y f m once again facebook.com slash a w c y f m or send an, an email to once again a w c y f m at gmail.com where if you have any technological scientific or spiritual breakthroughs that you've participated or witnessed or even read about uh, feel free to let us know um likewise if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the program, we are always looking for guests to come and talk about their expertise. Feel free to reach out at that email, which is once again, awcyfm at gmail.com. And with that, Chicago, allow us here at Eureka Cast Now to give you an excellent tip on your service as a listener, perhaps 25%. Glass.